In today's show, I'm looking at usage and I'm looking at minutes. I've talked about how these things can correlate really highly with fantasy value in some specific cases. And we're going to talk about guys who are projected to see big increases and big decreases in both of these stats. Michael Bolton, is his usage going to decrease? I doubt it. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. On this day, August the 11th in 2020, Justin Anderson tied the record for the most three-pointers attempted without making one. And that record was 12. He went 0 for 12 in the bubble on August the 11th, 2020. There's a fun stat for you. We are going to talk usage. Now, back when I did statistical correlations, I'm going to do a little bit more on correlations probably next week. We looked at the value of usage and minutes in correlating to fantasy rank. And the biggest correlation we found was someone's assists correlating with their turnovers. You have high assists, you have high turnovers. Highest correlation. But the next highest ones were usage and fantasy points, minutes and fantasy points, and minutes and fantasy category rank. Usage and category rank didn't necessarily go together. So bear that in mind if you're in a category league. Usage is not, and it's very, very far away from the be-all and end-all of value. But for points leagues, usage and minutes, the more they go up, the more the player's value goes up. And in category leagues, the more the player's minutes go up, the more their value goes up. I mean, that seems pretty obvious, but it is something that is worth remembering and worth thinking about and having that little tiebreaker in your head. If someone might play 28 minutes or they might play 36, well, you want to lean towards that guy that's going to get more minutes in general. That's a general rule. There's always going to be exceptions. There's going to be different things you need to build, but it is important to know that those correlations exist. So what I'm going to do here is have a look. Now, I have done two passes over my projections for Basketball Monster, which will be released next week, Monday, August the 15th. That's US time, probably sometime around midday on August the 15th, I would guess. So I've done two passes. I'm basing this off my own projections. Some of this will change marginally before it's released. A lot of it will change in the next two months before the season starts because we get more data on injuries and trades and rotations and preseason and coach speak and all that sort of stuff. All that will change. But as we sit now, I'm going to go through the players who had the five highest increases in usage based on this year to last year, five highest decreases, for relevant players, of course, and minutes increases and decreases as well. So, Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> I was going to flick the screen over then, but I just got to really got to explain something before we go on. What is usage? It gets thrown around all the time. Oh, this guy will just get more usage. All right, what does usage mean? It's very important that you know what it is because it gets it gets misconstrued a lot. Usage has absolutely nothing to do. It is not anything to do with how long you have the ball in your hands. It is not anything to do with passing or assist numbers. 
There are other metrics, true usage, um, box creation, that sort of stuff, which tends to include things like passing and assists in there. But usage is a relatively simple calculation that tells us what percentage of a team's possessions does a player end when he is on the court. There are three ways to end a possession. You either take a shot, a field goal attempt, you take a free throw attempt, or you turn it over. That is all the usage measures. So usage is shot attempts, free throw attempts, and turnovers. You might have the ball in your hands, 22 seconds of a 24-second shot clock, and pass it at the last second to try and get an assist. Shout out Rajon Rondo. And that counts as zero usage. That's not usage at all. It has to be a shot, a free throw attempt, or a turnover. That is what usage is. League average usage is 20%. Because there are five guys on a court at a time, so that's 100% usage. 100 divided by five is 20%. So when we say above league average usage or below, it's 20%. 20% is the average mark. Remember that. High level usage guys can be 34, 35 that's your Doncic's and Giannis's and, and LeBron's and those sort of players. Are, well, LeBron's not necessarily 35, but that sort of level of guy is up at that, that area. Over 30 usage is really good, really high level. But it is important to note that that's what usage is. It is scoring attempts or turnovers. That is all it is. It's not assists. It's not assists at all. Now, I've said all that. Let's have a look at five players, the top five players that I project to increase their usage in this coming season. Again, trying to include the mainly relevant guys, the guys that I see as top 200-ish sort of players. So let's have a look. You're not going to be shocked, I don't think, by this. Calden Johnson. I think he's going to see a big, big jump in usage. DeJounte Murray's gone and it was replaced with nobody. So somebody, much like DeJounte the year before, when DeMar DeRozan left, somebody had to take on the usage. Murray jumped up like four percentage points. I think Keldon jumps up four or five here himself. I wouldn't be shocked if Devin Vassell could crack this list. He's not on it, but he could. But Keldon, getting one of the biggest usage jumps, in fact, the biggest, I think, of the relevant players, he will get the biggest usage jump. He was, at the end of last season, able to increase some of his peripherals a little bit, a little bit more rebounding, a little bit better shooting. I think he's got a real chance to put up some big numbers this season. I don't necessarily think they're going to contribute really highly to winning, but they are going to help contribute highly to fantasy value especially in points leagues. I think Keldon's going to have some really, really interesting numbers. and val- no, it, could, it could change. They might say, um, yeah, Josh Primo's our number one guy, who, if you're watching on video, you can see he's number two on this list. They might say Devin Vassell is our offensive engine. I really don't think that'll be the case, but they could. And as I said, Primo, he's second on this list. His usage wasn't particularly high as a first-year player, and I'm not even convinced that he starts or plays 30 minutes a night. But I think he might be around a top 200 player. And he's going to probably get like a 4 percentage point usage boost, I would guess. Maybe 5. Because, again, the absence of Murray, someone needs to get that role. And they've been experimenting with Primo as a, as a ball handler. Getting him in either as a starting point guard. I doubt it. I think that'll be Trey Jones. But maybe it's Primo. Or at least playing that role somewhat as a backup. And he's probably at this point ahead of Wesley and Branham even though maybe you might disagree whether they should be or not. I think he will be. And I think he's going to see that usage spike. Johnson, while we look at him as probably like a top 60 player, I would guess. Maybe I'm just talking out of my ass. I should have a look to see where I've got him. Yeah, that's about right. Top 60. Primo 
is not that level. He's not around that area. And if I have a look at where I have Primo in like a points league, he's like 193rd. So he is probably going to see some sort of usage spike. But is it enough to make him draftable outside of a last pick flyer? Hmm. But he's the sort of guy you want to take a flyer on Josh Primo with your last pick rather than Mason Plumley or Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who's got nowhere really to go. Like They're not going to go up huge amounts. Whereas Primo, in the first week or two, you'll figure it out. You'll go, oh, okay, well, this is great or this is useless. And then see you later. That's what you do with your last pick. So those two guys, interesting usage increases, I think. I think Jalen Green is going to get a really big bump in his usage as well. Now, it's not like Jalen Green had a low usage last season. He got the ball a lot for Houston. We know this. But second-year player saw an increase in efficiency towards the end of last season. And I think he's going to just take on a larger, more important offensive role. It's not like they grabbed Paulo Bunkero, who's a decent usage player. Jabari Smith's a lower usage guy to slot in there. I think that Smith can push, not Smith, Green can push closer to 30 than to 25 around that area. And he, last season, was not particularly good as a fantasy player. Was he 157th? I think that he really does push forward into the uh, the first six rounds this season. And if he finished top 40, I wouldn't be shocked. I I wouldn't draft him there, but I wouldn't be surprised. I expect a really big usage increase. Also, a pretty big efficiency increase from Jalen this season, or at least sizable when you look at what he did over the course of the season as he gets more comfortable and the team and him start to develop that chemistry together. So I think Jalen's a pretty big usage bump player. And then we go to Indiana. Tyrese Halliburton's going to get a usage bump. Now, he is not going to be a 30 usage guy, a 27 usage guy, but he was subsisting on like 18 usage in Sacramento, like low, below average type numbers. And I think... While he's not going to be this guy who just seeks out his shot and he probably doesn't average 20 points per game because it's just not really his style, but maybe he gets to 18 or 19 and he gets that usage up three or four percentage points. And while I probably wouldn't take him in the first round of fantasy drafts, I know I took him first round of the dynasty mock yesterday. That was dynasty. Um, I think at the start of the second round, he's going to be totally fine. Now, there is a risk, I guess, this tends to happen, increase usage, decrease efficiency. And part of the appeal of Halliburton over his career, his two years so far, has been really elite efficiency, as well as elite defensive numbers. And that's another thing. Usage increases, defensive numbers tend to decrease, as well as efficiency. So that might balance it out and leave him in that 20s range versus pushing into the 10 to 14 range. But I think he's going to get enough of those extra shots to push that scoring up, push the three-pointers up, and hopefully he maintains a level of efficiency to still be valuable for us. And his teammate, Miles Turner, I think is also going to get a pretty significant usage bump for as long as he's in Indiana. Indiana. They're going to play a whole season without Brogdon and a whole season without Sabonis. I don't know if Turner's going to be their opening night. I don't know if Buddy Heal's going to be their opening night. I don't know what Buddy Heal's role is going to be. But Turner's a guy that I think has been criminally underused offensively, and he might only go from 18 usage to 21 usage, but a 3%, 4% point boost in usage is, is significant enough. There is a significant risk with Turner, with the injuries, with trades, all that sort of stuff, but I do think that he is going to be someone that gets a pretty big bump in his usage rate. I'm also going to get a bump of my usage rate of bet online because it is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. You can find all of your favorite sports and events on the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find your reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, or even the old golf, the old stick and ball. 
BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts. They have you covered. NFL preseason coming up. Deshaun Watson apparently is going to start for the Browns. Cool. Against the Jags. They are one and a half point favorites there for that game on the 12th of August. So you can check those odds over at BetOnline. BetOnline, go there today or use your mobile device and check all of the latest information and all of the action happening today. BetOnline is where the game starts. Let's look at guys I think are going to drop in their usage. Does that mean that you want to drop them in your fantasy rankings? Well, for points leagues, probably. For category leagues, maybe. I think Paul George is going to get a usage drop. Now, this is not a surprise. Kawhi Leonard returns. All right, there's the simple answer. So Paul George, who had a gigantic usage last season, will we'll see that fall off. He also suffered a lot in terms of his um, efficiency drop last season, so that should bump back up. And I still think George is being a little bit underrated. I still think that he is a second-round player, probably middle to top half of the second round versus back end. But people will be really like, man, I'm never drafting him. He can't stay healthy. And he's had health issues. I do not expect Paul George to tear an elbow ligament again. That's just me. I just don't expect these things to happen. And as we've seen again with injury correlation shows, prior year's injuries do not mean that you get injured the next year. Or prior games, there are individual circumstances where we have to have worry about that. But freak weird injuries are not something that bothers me. Anyway, George had a usage last season of 35%. I think that's dropping probably. The last time he played with Kawhi, he was at 30.5. And I think we get to that level, if not a little bit lower. I think Jeremy Grant's going to get a big usage drop as well. He was completely overtasked in the number one role in Detroit. And now he heads to Portland to be behind Damian Lillard, probably behind Anthony Simons, and equivalent to, say, a Yusuf Nurkic in that lineup in terms of offensive option. That is where Jeremy Grant should thrive. Now, the problem with that is he's a terrible rebounder, not a good steals or blocks guy. And efficiency can be an issue, and he's probably not going to have the assist opportunities he had in Detroit. And I think this is going to take him well out of the top 100 range. But he is still going to have a little bit more value. Maybe efficiency rises somewhat, given the lower offensive load. But for a guy, especially in points leagues, that was putting up 20 points per game and big fantasy points, his usage, I think, is going to fall off pretty considerably. And I think you should really be looking at that when considering when or if you're going to draft Jeremy Grant, what you need to do with that. Because I just can't see how Grant who, again, was putting out outsized numbers for his uh, talent level last season. I I don't see how he's going to be able to maintain that level of production. I don't have Jeremy Grant in category leagues as a top 100 player this season, and I'm just going to bring it up and have a look at where I've got him in points leagues. But last season in category leagues, he was 66th. I've got him outside the top 100 for this coming season. If we have a look at where he is, or I've got him projected for points leagues. I've actually got him outside the top 100 there. The last time he was in more of this 3 and D role in Denver in 1920, he was 167th in points leagues, averaging about 22 fantasy points. He averaged 26.5 the year before that for the Thunder. And I think that 26.5 to 28 fantasy point range for Jeremy Grant this season is more realistic versus the 32 that he did average last season. I think Markel Fultz is going to get a drop in his usage. I think Markel Fultz will start over um, old mate Cole Anthony. But towards the end of last season, Fultz was putting up some really, really strong numbers. He only played 20 minutes a night, but he had a usage of 27%. I'm just not convinced on a team with Wagner, with Anthony there as well, with Suggs getting some shots, and with Bunkero coming in, 
that Fultz is going to have a 27 usage. His first season in Orlando, he had a 22 usage. His season when he tore his ACL, which is only eight games, he did have 27, and then he had 27 last season. But that is a sample size of 26 games. And again, when you're playing with Anthony, with Suggs, with Bunkero, with Wagner, I don't think that Fultz is going to come out and be the absolute number one usage player. So I think that that little sample was great, and I think he's a draftable player. I think you look at him as yeah, perhaps a top 100 points league guy, and probably like 100 to 120 in category leagues. Let's check where I've got him. Um, yeah, you know, I've got him in that range. I think that's about right for Fultz, but he is, I expect, to see, going to see a drop in usage. Much like Paul George, Norman Powell's usage, I would expect to drop off. He played on a Portland team that had an injured Lillard, had an injured McCullum, and then went to a Clippers team that had an injured George and an injured Leonard. And then he got injured himself. And now he's got a battle with Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Marcus Morris, John Wall, Reggie Jackson. I think it's going to be really tough to expect him to put up the sort of usage numbers that he did last season. I don't have him as a top 100 player this year. He does get by on good efficiency, but when the usage in minutes might fall, and I think they will. We did the Clippers preview the other day, and our guest Darian didn't think that he would start. When you don't get really rebounds or assists or big steals or blocks or great volume, we don't get to the line huge amounts, it's going to be a problem. He had a usage of 24 last season. Um, that bumped as he went to the Clippers when all those players were out. But I think that back in his time in Toronto, like his three last three seasons in Toronto, usage of 19, 19, 21. And then 22, his first season in Portland. And then last season to 24, and it spiked even further as the season went on. So I think we're going to drop back to that 20, 21 sort of area for Storm and Norman Powell. And then the big fella, Jonas Valanciunas. Jonas Vasilinovas. He was great last season, but we just kept thinking, what happens when Zion returns? And of course, Zion did not return. So we never got to see what that means for Jonas. Valanciunas, I think, will see a drop in minutes this season. He was, what, 35th in fantasy last season for category leagues? That's, without doubt, a really good number. He was 43rd in points leagues. He had a 24 usage. The year before in Memphis, 22. The year before that, 21 usage. With Zion returning, with a full season of CJ, with Ingram still there. Now, this, who knows what happens if Kevin Durant ends up arriving. I don't know. But I think we'll see lineups with Zion at center. Is Jackson Hayes got to get into that mix as well? Devontae Graham's around. I just find it hard to see Valanciunas maintaining 24 usage when it could easily be back at 20 and maybe some minutes loss as well. Again, I don't see a top 50 finish coming for Jonas, where he was last season in both points and categories. I would look to drop him probably a couple of rounds for them. I'm a little bit worried about how it all um, plays out with that new sort of lineup. So let's look at minutes. Who do I think is going to increase in minutes the most? And again, it could go from zero minutes to 15 minutes, and that's a big increase in minutes, but I don't think it's really relevant. So I tried to weed out the guys that aren't going to be relevant, and these are the players, the top five players, I think, that are going to increase in minutes the most. I think Trey Jones is a pretty obvious one. I do believe that he starts at point guard. That might mean 28 to 29 minutes a night. It might mean 34 minutes a night, and he was nowhere near that um, that level last year in San Antonio. He was not remotely close. He wasn't even a top 300 player in fantasy last season. Yahoo still has him as 322nd on their rankings, and ESPN has him ranked exactly nowhere. So 
yeah, we're going to get some value probably for him in a draft. But I think top 100 is a distinct possibility. Yeah, I think 28 to 30 minutes is a distinct possibility when he played under 17 last season. So he, I think, is going to be a big winner. And I think um, I think Jalen Smith is going to see a big jump. Stand by your man! Yep, we'll stand by our man. Now, Jalen Smith didn't do a huge amount in Phoenix, but then came across to Indiana and put up some good numbers. They have... Weirdly, already said he's the starting power forward. I don't know why they've already said that. And this is a common misconception I get. People, man, Isaiah Jackson, man, why don't they start him at the four? Because he's not a power forward. I think that should be pretty straightforward to me. But people will look at position designations that they see on ESPN or they see on Yahoo and they go, well, Isaiah Jackson's a power forward. I don't think he played really a single minute of power forward at all last season. He is a center and a Turner-Jackson frontcourt combination. I'm not really sure that works. Yes, they can both sort of shoot a little bit, but not really. Isaiah Jackson, by the way, never shot threes in college. Took some last season, was okay at it. Um, I don't think that really works defensively. They can both protect the rim, but you can't both protect the rim at the same time. So getting Smith out there, who's a little bit more mobile and a little bit more willing of a shooter and a better shooter makes some sense. And I think eventually they want to move off from Turner and then you go with the sticks and Jackson frontcourt. But in saying all of that, I do think that we're going to see some pretty big bumps from Smith. I think that he played 18 minutes a night last season. Like if he played 30 a night this season, don't be shocked. That's a top 80 sort of player I would expect in points leagues and probably close to that in category leagues as well. There's going to be, I think, a pretty sizable jump in his playing time. When you look at Modi moves, Modi moves, Modi moves, Modi moves, Modi moves, Modi I'm not sure if Modi Muzi is going to be a relevant fantasy player this season. He might not be. But I do think with the absence of Gaz Payton, the absence of guys up the rotation like Damian Lee and Otto Porter, there's going to be a need for him to be a regular rotation guy. He played 12 minutes a night in 52 games last season. I think he gets over 20. If he played 25, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not expecting it, but I wouldn't be surprised. But I don't think he's necessarily going to crack the top 200 in fantasy ranks, but there is a possibility. And he's going to be an interesting stream guy for DFS, for um, prop betting, that sort of stuff on nights if Steph is out or Clay is out. A pool gets the big boost there. But there might be nights that both Steph and Clay are out and you get a pool Moody starting backcourt. Moody, I think, is a guy who's got tremendous versatility. He can work in a low usage role as a spot-up shooter, but if they need him to be a high usage guy, he can do that as well. I think he can defend. I think he can handle the ball. He's a guy I really, really like. The situation is not ideal for him in terms of immediate production, but I'd expect a pretty significant leap in what Moody does this season. Another second-year guy, Trey Murphy. Murphy, I think, inexplicably, was just out of the rotation in New Orleans. I can't wait to talk to Jake Madison when I do the Pelicans preview about Trey Murphy and why he wasn't used last season. There are plenty of Pelicans people, and I think Jake's one of them, who think he might actually be a part of the closing lineup this season. I think he's going to play in excess of 20 minutes, 20 minutes a game, and that's also going to impact Valanciunas because they'll go with a Murphy-Zion front court versus a Zion-Valanciunas front court. He's a great shooter. I think he can really develop some more um, off-ball work or even mid-range game. I think he can defend really well, Trey. I think he's 14 minutes a game are going to push to 20 at least and probably a little bit more. And if he ended up playing 29 minutes a game, it wouldn't be the biggest shock for me. It wouldn't be the biggest shock. Now, the next guy on this list is someone I talked about earlier who I thought would decrease usage, but he's going to increase minutes as well, and that's Markel Fultz. He only played 20 minutes a night last season. He had that big usage, but I think he's going to be the starting point guard, and that might mean 31 minutes a night, 32 minutes a night. It might also mean 28, but I'm pretty sure it's not going to mean 20. 
So he is going to see more playing time, I believe. And he is going to see lower usage, I believe. That's still going to make him useful as a fantasy guy and a draftable player. But often those things, especially when you're pushing into a starting lineup with different offensive options around, they go hand in hand. You can increase minutes, but decrease usage. That's how those things work. And we've talked about Fultz enough, but I think he is going to see a increase in his minutes. And I think he will be this. Again, I've got to talk to Phil from Locked on Magic about this. I think he'll be their starting point guard. In terms of minutes decreases, well, I don't really know where Kobe White fits on the Bulls. He probably needs a trade. And me and Matt talked about this on the Dynasty mock draft yesterday. But their backcourt is Lonzo Ball and Zach Levine. Their backups are Ayo Desunmu and Alex Caruso. So where does Kobe White fit in? Because the next guard is maybe Goran Dragic. I don't know that Kobe White plays on this team. Outside of injuries, he might be their sixth guard. And I just don't think he's going to play. He's definitely lost tons of appeal fantasy-wise. He wasn't the guy that had the greatest fantasy profile anyway, but he's lost tons of appeal. But maybe he is a guy that finds a home on a new team. His teammate, Javante Green, I think he's going to lose a lot of playing time as well. Green played a lot last season. Probably some would say too much. I think he played 24 minutes a night. It's, I just, again, I don't see it. If the team is healthy, and maybe they're not, but with a healthy Lonzo, an addition of Dragic, a backup center in Andre Drummond who's going to get some minutes. Green was just getting tons of playing time, 23 minutes a night. I, I don't see how that's happening. Not that he's a good fantasy option, but he played a lot. And I just don't see... And oh yeah, there are. Pat Williams is back as well. So Green is just not going to play those minutes. Terrence Mann played almost 29 minutes a game last season for the Clippers. Barring catastrophe... It's just not going to happen. I, I, I don't see how. You've got Paul George probably not playing just 31 games. Kawhi Leonard playing more than zero games. A full season of Norman Powell. An addition of John Wall. Marcus Morris playing probably more than 50 games. There just isn't the playing time for man to get there. He played 29 minutes a game last season. He was 161st in points leagues. I, I don't think he's going to be a top 200 guy. And I think he's probably going to be around 20 minutes a night. Maybe 22 depending on injuries, but definitely not pushing 30, which is where he was at last season. It's going to be really tough to get there. The next one is the diseased scrotum, Ivan Fournier. And I could be wrong on this one. I don't feel that I'm wrong on white or green or man. I could be wrong on Fournier because Tom Thibodeau, he makes poor choices. I think there's so much chatter. There's so much whisper about Quentin Grimes being highly valuable and maybe a chance to start. I think there is a massive chance that he starts. And that would mean that Fournier moves to the bench. Fournier didn't play massive minutes last season. He wasn't particularly good. And their starting lineup continued to get crushed whenever he was out there. He played 30 minutes a night. He averaged 14 points. He wasn't a top 150 points league player. He wasn't a top 100 category league guy, I don't think. Was he even a top 150 category league guy? He was 165th, so not even remotely there either. I don't think he gets 30 minutes a night. I think he gets low 20s as Grimes and quickly and, at least for the beginning of the season, Derek Rose, half a season to him, it's going to be hard to justify, unless you're the most stubborn bastard in the league, Tom Thibodeau, playing him 30 minutes a night. So I could be wrong on this. Maybe this is just wishful thinking. Maybe this is just me applying the logic of a common sense modern coach to a lineup and playing someone better than the guy that, for some reason, you've got out there in Fournier. But that's not Thibodeau. So I could be wrong on that, but I do think that Fournier is going to drop off. And then Devontae Graham. 
You could make an argument that he is the third string point guard on the Pelicans. You could make an argument that maybe Dyson Daniels even takes that job away from him. Probably not, right? But at this stage, we're going to have McCollum, Jones, Ingram, Williamson, Balanchunas. You're going to have Trey Murphy coming off the bench. You're going to have Jose Alvarado, who outplayed Graham down the stretch last season. Graham's going to have some shooting value, but I think you would be surprised. And I know I was surprised to see that Graham actually played quite a bit last season. He's only 27. I think he's got one more, two more years left on his deal. But he played 28 minutes a night last season. He scored 12 points, and of course, he shot horribly. He had a usage under 20. But I think he's going from that 29 minutes to 20 minutes or under. As Alvarado, McCullum, Murphy, Williamson, Ingram, uh, Hayes, Murphy, all these blokes, Jones, all take the minutes. Because think about where he realistically fits in that rotation. I don't think that the dustbuster Dyson Daniels is going to play initially, but maybe he does at some point. And Graham is the guy that's going to miss out, I would guess. So I think he's going to suffer a pretty significant drop in his overall production. That's the end of this show. I am going to have some team preview shows coming over the next few days. There'll be another one of those today, Dallas Mavericks. We're going to be covering the Wolves, the Bulls, and the Kings over the next three days as well. And then we'll figure out what we do after that. Follow this podcast. You'll never miss a show. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're here on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.